0: One of the hardest things that I've had to learn to deal with was my self-doubt. I've learned that it's just the best thing to go with your gut, your first decision, because usually that's what you're going to end up doing anyways.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Call of Leadership podcast. Today, I'm sitting with Kennedy Krieger, who is the founder and owner of the Dig Cafe, located just outside of Frankenmuth. And I absolutely love this little place. I've actually eaten here a couple of times. It's really cute, but uh, it's nice because today we're going to be talking about running a little restaurant. So Kennedy Krieger. Kennedy, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here.
1: Why don't you tell everybody where you're from and where you grew up?
0: So I grew up in a little town about 15 minutes north of Frankenmuth. It's called Reese. Um It's a little farm town, and I... Just went to school at one of the local schools until about eighth grade. And then I hopped over to Frankenmuth for high school and finished out my high school years here.
1: Nice. And when you got done with high school, because how old are you now?
0: I'm 22.
1: You're 22. So I'm not even asked if you finished college yet, unless you're one of those brainchilds.
0: I actually did. So my college was a two-year program. Okay. Um, so I graduated. I was really young um, in my school years. Uh, so I graduated when I was 17 because I was kind of bumped up a year, if that makes you sense. You a
1: brainchild.
0: I don't know about that. But yeah, I graduated when I was 17. So I was able to start college right before my 18th birthday. And so that took me to about 20 years old when I finished
1: And where did you go to college?
0: I went to, it was a community college in Traverse City. It was called Northwestern Michigan College. And through there, they have different uh, specialty programs, which one of them is the culinary program. So that school is called uh, the Great Lakes Culinary Institute. So that is where I did most of my learning in their uh, specialty uh, kitchen off campus.
1: So then you got your degree. You are a certified chef.
0: I have a pastry or a baking and pastry certificate um, along with a uh, an entrepreneurship certificate.
1: Oh, there you go. So now I'm going to ask a very loaded question just yes. based on your degree. It sounds like you were already thinking you were going to want your o- to open your own place.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: Where did that come from?
0: So my whole family on both sides, actually, uh, there's a bunch of entrepreneurs. So I grew up with The fact knowing that I could own my own business and that, you know, it is a lot of hard work and my family members have shown that, but that it's possible to run, you know, a successful business around this area. So that's kind of always been like a dream or a goal of mine ever since I was little, like thinking back to when I was younger and like playing Play-Doh with my mom, like I'd make her sit down and I would wait on her. And, you know, I'd make her a Play-Doh cupcake or something and have her buy it from me. And (laughs) so (laughs) thinking back to memories like that, I think it's always been ingrained that I wanted to do something with business and something with the food industry.
1: That's really fascinating. So now did you, for the food industry, because it seems like when I talk to people about this, they can always point back to some celebrity chef on TV Mm -hmm. that inspired them, somebody from the food channel, whoever that might be. Do you have those heroes when you were growing up?
0: Yeah, I can remember probably in like fourth or fifth grade, we had to do some sort of hero project kind of thing. And I don't remember doing this, but my grandma said I was always watching the Food Network
1: (laughs) when (laughs) I was younger.
0: And I remember doing this one project on a chef called Ann Burrell. And she is just a very feisty woman in the kitchen. And I think that kind of, you know, just made me realize that women can be very strong and, um, you know, exciting and just very informative with things in the kitchen. So that kind of maybe drew me into wanting to be a chef.
1: The thing I think about when I, when I take a look like throughout the history of chefs, it seems like the best chefs out there were always men. These were the people that you see. Yep. Nowadays, I, I would venture to say that's probably pretty close to a 50-50 mix.
0: Yeah, I would say just in my experience through my culinary school, most of my classes were made up of female students. And so you know, usually our classes would maybe have 15 people and at least 10 of them would be female. So I think we're starting to see more of like woman powers coming into the kitchen and kind of being a force of chefs that, you know, they're kind of here to change a little bit.
1: What I'd like to do is I'd like to explore a little bit more about your decision to become an entrepreneur and open your own business. So you're 22 and I know a number of younger people in their 20s that would like, The thought of them actually renting out a space to actually have their own business, uh, would be just a complete foreign concept to them. But you seem to have dived into it head first. You're like, you know what? This is what I'm going to do and I'm going to do it. So first off, where did that, where did that thinking come from that you could do this? And then second off, be successful at it.
0: All right. So. My family and my friends have always been great supporters of mine. And I have always kind of had the mindset to create and reinvent myself, like my grandpa says, at just whatever I was, whatever was thrown in my way, challenges or school projects or whatnot. So the support from my family over the years, you know, if I was doing a bake sale for everyone or um, just selling those. Oh, what do you call it? Like those, I don't know, things. Pastries, (laughs) whatever. You have the pizza kits or whatever for your sports. Uh, they were always there to support me and like let me do a little sales pitch to them. So that has always just been really just a part of my life, I guess. And to have other entrepreneurs in my life to show me kind of the ropes of things or how to think about things in a special way that maybe not everyone would, especially my grandpa, who is a really great entrepreneur. He has brought so many different skills to my life that I haven't Really like picked up that I learned until I have opened this business. To be successful, you just have to kind of dive in, and you know, it's really scary. I was really scared when I first decided that I wanted to run a business at this young of an age, but I know that I have always wanted to. So why not do it when just to do it? Because you're never going to have a perfect situation to say yes I want to do it you know in 10 years when I have this and this and this because you know in 10 years you're gonna have just a whole bunch of different problems that right you know that could help you put that off for another 10 years and I don't know I just decided that this was something that I wanted and I found I scouted out this place and it just hit all the check marks and everything that I wanted to try, wanted to do. Space was like a perfect size. It was decorated like the way I would want it. So it just all fell into place.
1: Let's talk about that because the location of your restaurant here. So you are just outside of Frankimuth Correct. on Gira Road. And so first off, why Frankenmuth?
0: Um, I've always had strong ties to Frankenmuth, um, especially when I lived here for the four or five years that I did. I don't know. I just really like the energy of the town. I like the community that everyone just kind of rallies around Frankenmuth. And especially if you're local, everyone's just kind of friendly and neighborly. And, you know, I wanted to get to know the locals more. And that was why I was excited about this spot. I've had my fair share of dealing with tourists and getting to know them, but they're only here for a short amount of time. Because we're outside of town a little bit, it is easier for locals to get to us. They don't have to go through all the traffic, but it's also kind of out of the way of tourists. So the people that I do get to come in contact with usually become my regulars because I get to get to know them and they get to know me.
1: And what I would like to do is I'd like to explore that idea a little bit more about how you're getting traffic to come out here to your restaurant. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. So we'll be back in 60 seconds. Are you enjoying this episode? Then I've got an offer for you. There are many more inspirational stories that are lined up from ordinary people doing extraordinary things from all over the state of Michigan. I'd like to extend you an invitation to join our community. When you join our community, I will send you the top five interviews that people have really enjoyed. You'll also get my lessons learned from those interviews that can be applied to almost anyone's life who wants to impact the world around them. Just go to callofleadership.com join, get this sent to your inbox, get on our email list, stay up to date with all the behind the scenes goodies making of this show. And trust me, great things are happening. Just go to callofleadership.com slash join. The link is in the show notes down below. And now back to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. And we are talking with Kennedy Krieger from The Dig Cafe. Now, before the break, we were talking about the location of your restaurant being just outside of Frankenmuth. So you don't have the luxury of having some big store next door that's getting a ton of foot traffic. There's no big restaurant across the street that is getting foot traffic. So literally, I would almost think that if people are coming here, it's because they are coming here. So what I would like to do is I would like to talk to you about your, I guess your marketing plan, so to speak, of how you're letting people know that you are here and getting them into your restaurant
0: sure so when we first signed our lease here and decided that this was a restaurant that we wanted to have open um i knew that we were not going to get a bunch of just random foot traffic tourists or just someone kind of just wandering in here because of where the building is located at but i knew that when this was running previously there were a lot of loyal customers that had already kind of known that this was here, that it was a food place, and that you could get some pretty good food here. So I wanted to play off of that. So that's why we've kept the name so far from when it was open before. Um, And then I also took over the old social media so I could re-reach out to those people that were still following that account and just say, hey, this is a new owner. This is what our menu is, what we kind of want to do here and I'd love to share it with you. So what is really important is just connecting with all of my customers that come in here. So although I love the busy days when there's just orders flying off, it is really nice when we get to have a slow trickle once in a while and actually get to talk with the customers. And that's how I think we can create more loyal customers and more just you know, small business, I don't know, like good things around just shopping local. I really love getting to know my customers and, you know, some of them I'm not on a first name basis, others I am. Some, (laughs) the building has a bunch of office spaces too. In here, so downstairs is mostly retail shops, so sometimes we do just get some random foot traffic, but upstairs is mostly offices where people are here Monday through Friday. And I've gotten to know so many of the people Here, Just because they're in the building all the time and I get to chat with them. Some of them, I have um, (laughs) their numbers on my phone. So if I have a special, I can text it up to them or if they are running late and they want something, they can text me their order and I can have it ready for them when they're when they have time for it. So that I think is really cool and something that I want to continue to build on.
1: You should write a marketing book. (laughs) So let's, un- let's unpack a couple of things that you said there that I think is absolutely fascinating. So when you got this space, there was already a restaurant here. Correct. They already had a social media presence. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting to think that if you're going to come in and take the place of somebody else, that it should also be a factor too. what's their social media look like. Do they even have social media yeah and from what you were saying before they already had social media they already had followers Mm -hmm. you just had to work on if i were to guess warming those people up yes you know and so they probably liked the page but hadn't heard anything from them in months maybe even forgot it was even here Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden one day a post pops up that says hi i'm kennedy i'm the new owner of the dig cafe and here's what we're going to do or here's new plates that that we're going to offer. Tell us a little bit about your, I'd like to go back and explore a little bit more about like your social media strategy just to warm up the audience. And then maybe what, what are some of the things that you're doing now?
0: So to start with, um, I started posting about a month before our open date. So it was sometime in December and that's when I got all the, the information and we signed everything here. And so I could log on to those social media accounts. I posted a picture of myself and said, hey, you know, this is Kennedy. I'm the new owner here. This is what I want to do with this space. Like, I hope you follow along. And then from there, I would kind of post random, you know, oh, I'm working on the menu or we were working on the espresso machine for a little bit, trying to figure out all of its quirks. And so we posted a little bit about that. And so it was just kind of just getting that information out there. And, you know, not everybody is going to see every, that's just kind of how it works. So just the more that we could get out into just out in the open, you know, the better chance people are going to see that this is reopened, this is what we're about, and maybe you want to come here.
1: The, the, the process that you're talking about, and I've heard other marketing experts talk about this as well, is you know, people spend a lot of time trying to craft the perfect post or get the perfect image, and that's really not the case and not even really necessary. It's more about documenting your journey, which is exactly the strategy that you employed here. When you first got on there, you introduced yourself, and then you're sitting there talking about how, oh, well, let's post a photo of me coming up with the menu, and let's talk about the espresso machine and how we're trying to figure that thing out and all these other things. You're you're talking about that journey to get that place open again. Now, what kind of posts do you have on social media? What are you running now on social media?
0: So right now, we are changing our menu every week. So on Tuesdays, I post that new menu since that's our first day open for the week. And then from there, I just post some different items that are selling really quickly that week. So sometimes it's our chocolate chip cookies. I'll just kind of uh, share a picture about those. And those have become a staple here on total accident, nice. um, <laughs> but we can't go a day without them. Some of our salads have become super popular, our sandwiches. So whatever is just kind of know, selling quick that week, I'll make an extra one at the end of my day and kind of stage it and have it ready for the next day. But it's those kinds of posts or the quick ones that I do in the morning of my prep that really blow up and have more people looking at them rather than if I were to stage a perfect, a picture perfect shot of this slice of cake or this uh, yogurt that I did in the morning. Um, sometimes it's just kind of a hit or miss, but usually it's those that are more personal too that do really well.
1: What I'd like to do is talk about perhaps like what was one of the biggest struggles or hurdles that you had to overcome to get this place open.
0: Um it was probably myself. <laughs>
1: Ooh, interesting. Okay, <laughs> do tell.
0: Yeah, so it's probably one of the hardest things that I've had to learn to deal with was just like my self-doubt and just working through decisions that i have to make for myself now that i'm in charge of everything there is just so much always running through my mind and so at certain points i just kind of would be like oh this isn't good enough you know i could do better at this um just doubting myself sometimes with certain decisions or taking too long to decide on something and then it just like makes me feel a little bit crazy and i've learned that it's just the best thing to go with your gut your first decision because usually that's what you're gonna end up doing anyways so just go with that first one and if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out and you just have to kind of move on to the next one but that took me a long I mean I haven't even been here for a year but it felt like a really long time to figure that part out and now that I have It just makes me feel more creative all the time and really excited to get in here the next day and, you know, see what we can create.
1: I can imagine that because when you want to punt a decision, somebody comes up to you and says, oh, we don't have this. Should we get this instead? And you're got 50 other things on your mind and you're just frazzled. Then you say, oh, well, you know what? Uh, Just give me a little bit to think about it. All of a sudden, that's weighing on your mind. And so when you were talking before about how you've gotten better at just, let's just make a decision. And if I make a mistake, oh, well, yeah, we'll just move on. But because you're making those decisions, getting those questions out of your head, like you were talking about before, it really frees you up to focus on, on being creative, on making bigger decisions or maybe thinking about some other kind of campaign. Your brain isn't being bogged down by all this stuff.
0: Totally. And that's what I've learned that, you know, I can feel more free and like, able to do these bigger things because I don't have all these small problems weighing on me. And, oh, I forgot to do this small thing, or I forgot to give this person this message or an email or whatever. And so just being able to know that I will make mistakes and, you know, what, we just got to keep trying things. That has, yeah, really freed me up.
1: Let's talk about your decision to change the menu on a weekly basis. I've only talked to one other restaurant here in Michigan that does that. They actually change their menu throughout the night. So, first off, why change your menu on a weekly basis? And second off, what determines what items you're going to serve on your menu?
0: For uh, the first two quarters of the year, so from January to march we had one menu and then i decided i was going to change it seasonally so four times a year and then we got to our second chunk of menu and that was doing really good i noticed myself kind of getting bored with it right. <laughs> and the prep work is just kind of the same day in and day out and i was just like we would change our desserts and whatever but the core menu stayed the same and I noticed at the start of when we would change our menu, we would get super busy and have all of our regulars. And then towards the end of the quarter, because our menu is kind of small, we just were getting stragglers in here. And we would see our regulars maybe once every two weeks or just a schedule like that. And so in September, I decided that I wanted to try and switch it up, see if we could keep people interested in keeping our regulars coming here once a week to see if we could um, just create something new. And not every restaurant does that. Now, for what I decide, I I decide to uh, put things that I want to eat on the menu. <laughs> so At least you'll have a
1: customer of one that way.
0: Yeah, exactly. If something sounds really good to me, I will just add it to the menu and that I don't know. I found that is working really well. A lot of people want to eat the same things that sound good to me. Like for this week, we have a Philly cheesesteak on our lunch menu. And I texted my mom earlier this weekend. I don't, I'm stuck. I don't know what I should make. And she recommended that. Sounds amazing. So I made it for dinner and then I added it to our menu.
1: Nice. And now, so what has happened since you've started to change up your menu once a week? Are you seeing your regulars just a lot more... I am. Okay. Yes.
0: I am seeing our regulars one, maybe two times within the week, which is really exciting. And then I've noticed more people coming in and being like, oh, I had this friend tell me about this salad. Like, I don't see it on your menu, but what else can I get? And then I'll tell them my plan. So we'll bring that salad back, but you can get something like this. And it just, it's a way to keep it exciting in here because we carry such a small menu for both breakfast and lunch it's just really fun to mix it up every
1: week awesome i could sit here and probably pick your brain for the rest of the day <laughs> cuz it's just it, it's amazing just hearing the stuff that you're talking about this is just really cool so kennedy if somebody's listening to this podcast and they want to come check out The Dig Cafe or find you online or anything else like that. What was the best way for them to do that?
0: Sure. Our Facebook is just Dig Cafe right now, D-I-G. Same with, I believe our Instagram is The Dig Cafe. That's what our email is. It's TheDigCafe at gmail.com. And that's pretty much it.
1: And where are you located?
0: We are located in Frankenmuth, Michigan. We are in the north, the uptown north main building.
1: Nice. And for our audience, we will have all those links in the show notes down below. Kennedy, it's been it's been awesome having you on the show today. I have really enjoyed this interview. So thank you.
0: Well, thank you so much.